0: Welcome to the Gathering at Adel's Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless. Father, we praise your name. You're worthy of our praise. I was reminded just in the old system, the old covenant, He had to bring forth an offering, bring it to the altar, present it to the Lord. But he said in Psalm 40, he says, an offering, a sacrifice is not what I desire. He doesn't require that anymore. What he desires is for us to open our ears, to do the will of the Father. So the greatest offering that you can ever give to him is to do the will of the one who sent you. We can stand in here, we can sing the best song, and we can think that that's an offering before him. But honestly, what it is, is when we walk out of this place today, to live a life that is surrendered to him. That's obedient in every area that he's asked us to be obedient in. To do everything that he requires of us. That is the offering that we can offer him. Nothing else. So I just want to dismiss the kiddos. If you are in first through fifth grade, you guys can line up back there. First through sixth, sorry. Are you in sixth grade? How old are you? Oh, are you helping today? Okay. Hey, the preacher's kid, you got to watch out for those people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he heard there's some free goldfish back there. He's out of here, man. He listens to me all week. You know, he's like, Dad, I'm out, man. I got goldfish. Oh, man, well, Father, we just pray over those kiddos as they leave. Pray for the ones that are back there with their teachers right now, Father, for the 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 toddler room, for the preschool, for the elementary. Father, we just pray blessings over them today. Father, may they just see you for who you are. May they experience the love, the full love that you have for them today. Father, we just pray over those teachers that are with them. Father, may they just impart the peace that you have into these uh, children, into the students' lives today, Father. May they walk away here today more in love with you, knowing you more fully and deeply than they ever have. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, uh, y'all probably know this about me. I don't have it all together at all times. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think we've really, I'm, I'm just a guy who loves the Lord, who loves the Word, and I'm imperfect. And so as we open up the Word today, we're going to read through it. But there's nothing special about me, about this Bible, the, the note. Like, all I can do is say, hey, this is what I've been reading this week, and here's what I feel like the Lord has for us. But, but what I do know is that when we open up His Word and, and we begin to study it, and I, and I will say things And y'all will be like, maybe y'all will be like, man, that was good. But then there are going to be things that that you'll be like, man, that was really good. And you'll find out that I didn't say it. But the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. And so he is the teacher. He guides us. He empowers us. He equips us. Not me. My only goal today is to introduce you to the word and for, for you to go, oh, man, I didn't think about it that way. Or, oh, okay, well, that, that probably means that I need to do this and this, allow the Holy Spirit to transform me in this area. And so my goal is not to educate you today. My goal is to inspire you to live a life that's worthy of the gospel. All right, one, one of the things that, that we talk about here a lot, our vision, is that we exist to display and declare the glory of God. Everything that we say and we do, we exist to display and declare the glory of God. Our mission is that that we are people that are seeking his face, hosting his presence, stewarding in his kingdom, and experiencing his revival. That that we want to be a people that display and declare the glory of God at all times in our lives. Because people are not watching our words, they're watching our actions. It's so easy to come here on Sunday morning and say all the right things and then to walk out of here. And not live those very things that we said that we were, were going to do. But areas where the Lord was like, oh, hey, what about this? What about the way that you speak to your wife? What about the way that you treat your kids? What about the way that you entertain yourself? And you walk out of here and you're unchanged. That's not acceptable. For me to, to leave today as the same person is not acceptable. And so my goal today is to inspire you. To, to, for the Holy Spirit to just light a spark inside of you that goes, oh, man. That's can you imagine what your life would be different if you actually walked this out? We're going to read, but, but real fast. Hey, Vicki, I just felt like the uh, Lord had a word for you today and just felt like uh, the, the scripture was, do not grow weary in well-doing. You know, it's like you've been praying, and sometimes it's felt you felt like you're by yourself for a long time. And it just the Lord is encouraging you today. Do not grow weary in well-doing, okay? Don't give up. Don't give in. Continue to fight. Mm. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5. The plan is to finish Galatians chapter 5, but there's a chance that we don't. But the plan is to. We're going to be in verses 16 through 26 today. I'm going to read it. It should be up on the screens. Uh, You can just follow along with me. This is Paul talking. He says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I am warning you about these things as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Galatians chapter 5. The, the main idea, and I, I try to just stick with one main idea. I, I, I'm not the three-point, four-point message guy, I, mainly because I, I, I don't have it all together. I have one thing, and I want you to just walk away with the thought of one thing. And, and the main idea that we're going to be talking about today is this. Living by the Spirit is a daily choice that requires constant surrender and dependence on Him. I'm going to say it again, not because someone agreed with it, but just because I felt like But I'll say it over and over Living by the Spirit is a daily choice that requires constant surrender and dependence on Him. All right. Hey, and I try to mix a little bit of humor, so don't be offended by that, all right? It's okay to laugh. You can laugh at me when I mess up. You can laugh at me when the joke doesn't go well. But you can laugh with me if it's funny, too. So, verse 16, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. Like, in, I'm not a scholar. You'll, you'll figure that out real quick. But in the Greek, like this, Paul could not have used any more stronger language. It says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not, certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. But here's how it reads in the Greek. Like, this is as close as we can actually translate it. It says, if you walk by the Spirit, you will in no way, not a chance, absolutely not fulfill the desires of your flesh. You see the difference? Because I think sometimes we go, I say then walk by the spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desires of your flesh. And then we add like, Lord willing, like, man, I I hope this thing works. But Paul is saying, hey, if you walk according to the spirit, you will absolutely not. Certainly, there's no way that you could do it because Paul is confident in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's not confident in us. He doesn't say, oh man, Pastor Mike, you're so good. If you just do this, then this will happen because you can do it. No, but if you will walk according to the Spirit, then there is in no way will you satisfy the desires of your flesh. That the flesh will not rule over you if you yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. Completely confident in that. Because, see, there are times where we walk in this life and we experience things and there's cycles and habits of sin. And there's habits of just things going wrong and not going well. And where we give in to temptation over and over and over. Those are times where we are walking according to the flesh, not according to the Spirit. Because if we walk according to the Spirit, there is no way that the flesh will rule over us. The picture uh, in, this, in this verse 17 for the flesh desires was against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. They are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. It's this idea of tug of war, of just like face-to-face, toe-to-toe, mano-a-mano, like, hey, we're going to go at this, tug of war. But what happens is we confuse this as if it's me, versus the flesh and it's a tug of war you ever been in a in a long tug of war battle and it's like back and forth, and sometimes there's victory, sometimes you, you're losing a little bit, and you work harder, you strive harder, and you pull more, 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 and eventually you win or you lose, and, and we feel like that. that's the picture of this, is that the spirit and the flesh are in conflict with one another, like it's a tug of war, but what happens is we think that we're on the end of the rope, and so we're working and striving and trying our hardest to not give in to, to do the right thing, and we work and we work, But honestly, what the picture actually is, is where we have that realization that if we walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh, then we won't give in to it. Where we're pulling, we're pulling in sin, and the desires are pulling so hard against it, and we're working so hard. And maybe I've done this in the past, probably with my kids, where you just let go of the rope, and and they go flying to the other side. I was going to demonstrate that today, but the kids are out, so... And I didn't want to try to challenge one of the, you adults. Y'all might be able to beat me. So I felt pretty confident with first through six. I could have taken one of the munchkins. All right. But that's what it means to walk according to the spirit. Is to go, oh, that pull, that flesh, those evil desires. How about this? I'll let go of the rope. Because it's not me that's holding on to the rope. It's the spirit. And I get to just rest in the work that the spirit does so it's not me and the flesh tugging back and forth where because wh- where we are now in in the church of galatia where paul is writing and this, that's what this letter is the galatians to the galatians it's where the where the people are saying jesus is not enough that faith in him alone is not enough but that you have to work and you have to strive you have to keep the law you have to be circumcised you got to follow the festivals and all of those things in order to earn salvation we're, we're walking according to the Spirit, so Says, "Hey, I'm going to let go of that rope, that the flesh is defeated, and I get to rest in the goodness of who God is. There, there's a, this basketball player. He, he won three NBA championships. His name is uh, Dickie Simpkins. He was on the greatest team ever assembled. You probably don't. You've never heard of him. He, he won three championships, back to back to back. He was on the Chicago Bulls, 96 to 98. He won three NBA championships. But who really won them? Michael Jordan, greatest player of all time. We're not even debating that right now, okay? That's another time. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr. Dickie Simpkins is a three-time. You look him up. I mean on on his on his Wikipedia, man, first thing, Dickie Simpkins, three-time NBA champ. Dude averaged like 0.9 points a game. (laughs) Didn't even play in two of the postseasons. But Dickie Simpkins is a three-time NBA champ. The tug of war is, man, I'm I'm the righteousness of God. I don't even have to play this tug-of-war game anymore, and I just get the NBA championship ring three times. I, he's on the 72-10, and 10, the best team ever. I don't care the Warriors, 72-10, and 10, the best team. Where sometimes we, we feel like we have to go out there and be Michael Jordan. When we don't, we get to just rest in what Michael Jordan's already done. We get to rest in what the Holy Spirit's already done. He's the one that's tugging on it. So, so where the spirit and the flesh are op- in opposition, it's not, it's not me. Because you, Paul writes again, he goes, this life that I now live, it's not in the flesh. You see, so there's this thing that, that we are in the flesh. Like we, we cannot be apart from this and be alive in this world. It just doesn't happen. But we have this flesh. But to live according to the spirit means that I, that I don't give in to the desires Of the flesh, that the flesh does not rule over me. The flesh struggles and fights to control us. Our only hope in overcoming the flesh is to be filled with the Spirit, yield to His guidance, and to walk with Him daily. If left to our own, if you're like, no, I think I can do this. How many times have you have you ever said or or your, your spouse had said, oh no, it's okay, I don't need help. I think I, I, I got it. I can do this. I kind of said that a little bit earlier today where there was a balloon stuck at the top in there, in the other room. I was like, a ladder. I don't need this, I got this. I got this consistent of me have finding the PVC pipe, putting some stick scissors in the end of it, standing on a chair and going, I got this, you know, like, but, and as ridiculous as that sounds, it did work, but that's the picture of us a lot of times where we go, hey, we've got this. The only way to overcome the the flesh is to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have this. You are not good enough on your own. I I mean, there's countless examples that you can have, but, but one is illustrated in the the book, the Lord of the Flies. Y'all read that book. Man, you've got you to work your way through that. It's actually a great book. I love to read. But you have The Lord of the Flies. And, and if left to their own devices, that is human humanity right there summed up, where people start figuring out pecking order, figuring out who's the best, who's this, who to get rid of, who's not worth keeping around. They establish a leadership and all of that, and they, they determine who's right, what's right and what's wrong for themselves. There's another experiment that they did that's a pretty famous experiment, the Stanford Prison Experiment. Y'all probably have heard of that where they recruited people to come and they would uh, have some be guards and some be prisoners. And uh, it, it was a two-week experiment that actually had to get, actually it was a six-day experiment that had to get cut off at the seventh day because it just got way out of hand because the, the guards began to treat the prisoners as if they were less than human. Where before, before that even started, they were equal. The, the, the guy wasn't really a prison guard. They weren't really a prisoner. But when left to our own devices, that's what we sink to at humanity. We get back down to this, this level that goes, there is nothing that good that is in me. And can I encourage you, if there's something in your life that, that you've said probably more than once, I've got this. Can I encourage you today to just confess that to the Lord and say, "Hey, you know what, Father? I don't got this. I need you in my life." Because when when we do that, because the Word says, it, and we talk, uh, it's in we were in Romans like a month and a half ago. At the end at the end of chapter one of Romans, it says that that these people had gone astray and the Lord left them to their own devices. You see, when we don't come to the Lord. The Lord goes, okay, you got it. I'm going to let you get it. And then we, then, then we get it and we're like, Lord, where are you? Why, why, what's gone wrong? And it's like, oh, I thought you got this. You know? What I'm saying is if there's something in your life that you're struggling with, a habit, a sin, whatever it is, today confess that and say, I don't got this, Father. And be free from that. There is not a peaceful coexistence of the flesh and the spirit. There, there's not any, any realm that goes, hey, it's okay for the spirit and the flesh uh, to just kind of commingle." doesn't work that way. The flesh is in opposition to the spirit, and the spirit is in opposition to the flesh. We also have to begin to make the tough choices that go, hey, you know, I need to remove this from my life. Because... If you think you've got it and you're like, yeah, I'll read my Bible daily and that will help me overcome whatever it is. We talked on Wednesday night about eating that third piece of cake. You're like, hey, I can do this. But sometimes it comes to the point where you have to go, I want that third piece of cake. But what's actually going to be better is I don't even need the cake in my life at all. And so maybe you might have to make that choice that says, like, I love Dr. Pepper. You all know that about me. I love Dr. Pepper. But I have to make that choice where I know that I don't have the self-control yet in my life that goes, if there's one in the fridge, that I'm not going to drink it. I don't have the self-control that if there's three in the fridge, that I'm not going to drink them. To be honest with you, I don't have the self-control that if there's six in there, that I'm not going to drink them today. Like, I'll just drink them all, like, not even thinking about it. And so, at some point, you have to go, Oh, hey, you know what? Maybe I just don't need Dr. Peppers at all in my life, so that because I know where I am and I don't got this. Maybe you need to change the way that you drive to work, quit passing that donut store, right? Maybe it's like something drastic that goes, Hey, I got this. I can drive by that thing. No, you can't. Can't do it. Take a different way to work. Maybe there's a friendship a relationship in your life where you're like, oh, it's okay, I, I, I got this. Maybe, maybe there's a point in your life where you go, you know what, maybe they're actually influencing me more than I'm influencing them. And people love to throw it around there. Yeah, Jesus ate with sinners, though. Yeah, you ain't Jesus, man. <laughs> you ain't there yet. You, you don't have that ability. I don't have that ability. Like if, if, there's, if there's an area in my life, why are we flirting with it? Why are we allowing it? it whether it's something, if it's something inappropriate that, that now we have access to anything inappropriate what in any realm is right here. If you're not okay with that, if you don't have it, go back and get a flip phone, please. It will do your family more benefit you having a flip phone than you having access to everything that's out there right there in the palm of your hand. It's gonna take a little bit longer to text, but I got that predictive text. You know, man, I used to be fast at that. You're going to annoy everybody with group text messages, though. you got that green, man, I hate that. But but it's worth it. Instead of saying, I got this, being led, walking with the Spirit is a daily choice that says, man, I, I need you and I depend on you because I don't got this. The Spirit is in opposition to the flesh. They will not coexist together. They cannot do it. It is better for you to remove that thing than to continue to fall into it, and, and I'll say, I mean, Jesus—it's not just like, "Oh, Jeff, that's really smart." No, Jesus said, "If your right arm, right hand, causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into heaven with one arm than hell with both." And as if they didn't get the illustration, he said, "I'll tell you what—if your right eye causes you to sin, I, I noticed that I held up my left hand. Don't uh, don't think I didn't know that. So caught that." If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. For it is better to enter into heaven with one eye than hell with two. At some point we have to make the drastic choice that says, you know what, I I would rather the freedom. I would rather be free than be a slave. Because you don't got this, you're a slave to this. That was a fun, encouraging message. It's a daily choice of surrender and reliance upon him, dependence on him. Our work is not striving to not sin. Our work is to, is to stay as a son and daughter. So now where, where, where we are, in, when we come free from sin, our, our struggle cannot be our striving cannot be, oh, I, I don't want to sin. I'm not, I, I'm not going to think about this because if I think about this, then I'm going to sin. Like The more you focus on it, the more it's going to become a reality to you. right? Have you, have you ever noticed that? You're like, man, the more I, that I just like, I'm not going to drink that, Dr. Pepper. I'm not going to drink that, doctor I'm not going to eat that third piece of cake. I'm not going to say that bad word about somebody. I'm not going to gossip about somebody. I'm not going to honk my horn when somebody cuts me off. As soon as somebody cuts you off, it's like, oh, Wait, was I not going to or was I going to? Like, you you just go back to that gut reaction, and it just falls into that. But now our striving is staying seated as a son and daughter of God. Our striving is no longer standing up, fighting for our freedom. It is sitting down, realizing, oh, the tug-of-war game's already been won. Quit, Quit grabbing the rope after you've already let go of it. There's a, there's a book that then became a movie called uh, Chariots of Fire. M- most of the book, it's about two uh, British uh, Olympians. The main part of the book is about this guy named Eric Liddell, who was a devout Christian and would not run on Sundays. And they changed the heat of one of his races to Sundays, and he just refused to uh, run. The guy swapped heats. He ran the 400 instead of the 100. He actually won, uh, even though it wasn't his race that he was the best at, and he won because of it. But there's a story in there about another man. uh, I'm trying to remember his name. I've read it couple of times his, oh uh, Harold Abrahams Harold Abrahams was a Jew who was training for the Olympics and he he was running and running and training and training and, and two guys pulled him aside and said man you've been acting like I mean this is you know 1900s you know talk it's like hey you've been you've been acting like a tradesman you need to start acting like an elite and Harold's like, what are you talking about? And the, they're having, having this conversation over tea, and they said, you're training so hard. Like, you're running around like you're a tradesman. And, and Harold said, his response to them was like, you expect to be an elite without any of the training. You think you're going to win just because you're an elite. And what happens to us is we become the same way where we think that we don't have to die to ourselves, surrender daily. We think we're just going to be free tomorrow. Like we're going to wake up tomorrow and it's just going to be like, man, the Lord is good to me. I'm better than I deserve today. No, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be flooded with all those things that the flesh is coming against you. You're going to have to make that daily choice where, where in the morning, and, and Mary Ann shared this on uh, Wednesday night, where, where daily, first thing in the morning, she wakes up and she prays and she says, Lord, I, I'm yours today. Because by default, we will just become lazy people. That At the end of the day, we say, hey, I, I got this. And you'll find out very quickly that you don't. It's about a daily choice of surrender and dependence on him. He is victorious, and we just get to share in his victory. The flesh pushes us towards sin, but when we sin, the flesh condemns us. Have you noticed that? Uh, for those three of y'all that have given in to sin like me, you know, like, like the, the, the flesh pushes us to this. You eat that third piece of cake, and then it's like, right after you eat that third piece of cake, it's like, that was unnecessary. You've got a little extra weight on. Like, what are you thinking? Who do you think you are that you can do that? I'm not talking about Amy. I'm just using your example, okay? So no personal attacks here. We, but the, the, the flesh points us to sin, helps us satisfy the flesh, and then immediately goes, that was stupid. Why did you do that? You, you've always done this. Did you think that you could resist that? Why, why did you even tempt yourself? The flesh will point us towards sin and then condemn us of that very sin that it wants us to. Because the flesh is always trying to get us to break fellowship with the Father. The flesh is always trying to get us to break fellowship with the Father. The enemy had fellowship. He sinned, and he is now eternally separated from the Father. He is jealous of the communion that me and you can have with him. With the Father, and his entire goal and purpose is to kill, still, and destroy, so that we can no longer have fellowship and communion with the Father. But the Spirit frees us to live as Jesus lived. The, the word says in Colossians that the fullness of God dwelt in Jesus in bodily form. And that same fullness has been given to us. We have the ability to live a life of freedom just like Jesus did. Jesus walked on this earth for 32 years and he never gave in to sin. He was tempted, according to Hebrews, he was tempted in every way that you and I are tempted, yet he was without sin. We have the ability, not because of us, but because of him that who is in us, to walk this earth and not give in to the flesh, to not satisfy the desires of the flesh, because if it wasn't possible, if you're like, man, Jeff, that that seems far-fetched. Are you saying that I can be like Jesus? I'm saying that you can live a life of freedom that Jesus experienced because he gave it to you, because Jesus said, it's better for me to go away, and I'm going to give you someone better for you. He said, everything that you've seen me do, you can do and even greater. If it wasn't possible, then Paul would not have said, if I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. I say then, if you walk according to the flesh, you will absolutely not, in no way, not a chance, ever satisfy. He would have said, if you walk according to the Spirit, then most of the times you will be victorious, but you're still going to give in to some flesh. Not what he said at all. Not what he said at all. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can walk free from the sinful desires of the flesh. Now, it's a daily choice to surrender to him and to rely upon him. Where sin, when we sin, it is a choice that we make. The Spirit frees us from the power, the pleasure, and the punishment of sin. So many times we think that we get saved so that we can live with Him forever and eternity. We spend so much of our time looking forward to the life that we get to live after this that we miss out on the freedom that He has for us here. If we were saved just so that we could spend eternity with him, then when we were saved, we'd immediately be with him. But we're, we're saved on this earth, and we're, we stay here because he has a purpose for us. Because there is a life to live here on this earth that's free. He doesn't save you from all of that and go, okay, and now I want you to struggle for the rest of your life in the sin that you can never overcome, just so you can see that you are not like me. No, God says, hey, you're free. And he places us on this earth so that we can walk in that freedom. So that he can receive the glory and the honor that he's due. Our life that we get to live now is phenomenal. I, I mean, it, it pales in comparison to being with him face to face. But this earth was not ever meant for you to just be miserable the whole time. Marriage is not meant for it to be miserable the whole time. You're like, well, that's just what I got to put up with them, right? This life is meant to be enjoyable because we get to experience freedom in midst of all of that. doesn't mean that we're not going to struggle. It doesn't mean that, that everything's going to go great. It doesn't mean that we're never going to get sick, that our wife or our husband's never going to be upset with us, that we're never going to sin. But what it means is that we are now free from the pain, from the power, the pleasure, and the punishment of sin. The flesh gives us condemnation and the flesh points to the sinner. The Holy Spirit brings us conviction but he points to a Savior. The flesh, when you satisfy the desires of the flesh, the flesh condemns you and says, you fat cow, how could you have eaten three pieces of cake? The Holy Spirit will go, man, Jeff, do you think that that was honoring to me? Do you think that you needed that third piece? The Holy Spirit will convict us, but He always points to a Savior that goes, "Hey, you need to change the way that you view view food, so that you can honor Him in everything that you say and do." Even in the moments where we feel where we fell, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit goes, "Hey, I'm going to draw you back to the Father." power of the Holy Spirit isn't just to be free from it, but when we do fail, the power of the Holy Spirit draws us back to the Father. The Word says confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. You see, the Holy Spirit draws us back to the Father so that we can be cleansed and healed, forgiven, and walk in that newness of life that He gives us. Okay, we're good. Verse 19 through 21. I, I don't really want to cover a whole lot because it says, now the works of the flesh are obvious. Like do, I mean, do you need me to go, all right, well, let's talk today about envy and drunkenness. No, we know they're wrong. <laughs> like, they're obvious. Like It's not like, oh, man, I don't know if that was wrong or not. No, it was. We know. They're obvious. The works of the flesh. Like, like it comes down in verse twenty-two. But the fruit of the spirit is love. The, the other way to say it, but the fruit of the flesh is this: when, with you working within you, when you are left to yourself, those are the things that you will produce. Apart from God, those are the things that you will produce. If you don't believe me, look at what's going on in the world today. I mean what's going on in the world today it, the the problem is that that that's the work of the flesh not the work of the spirit anywhere where there's injustice anywhere where there's hatred and envy sorry <coughs> anywhere where those things exist it's because it's the work of the flesh it's where man is trying to do it on his own man gets to decide what is right and wrong for himself and not yielding to someone who knows this last verse of twenty, that last part of 21, it says, I am warning you about these things as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a warning from Paul. And I, and I know it's like, oh, but, but what about this and what about that? All I'm telling you is that it says, I'm warning you about these things as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, Jesus pretty much said the same thing when he said, hey, not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, on that day will be saved. And they say, hey, but didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we feed and heal the sick? Didn't we do that in your name? And his response will be, I never knew you, you evil and wicked doer. Sin is serious. The fruit of the flesh is obvious. If that is what is coming out of your life, then that's gonna, then that reveals <laughs> your standing with him. You cannot be of God and produce those things. Once again, encouraging message today. But it's the truth. We want to come in here and and, and sing bye and bye and I'll fly away and everything's going to be great. Man, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to say, oh, hey, you say this prayer and bam, you're good. You got your ticket stamped to heaven. I'm saying, not everyone who says Lord, Lord on that day will will be welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. Don't be fooled by, by a cheap gospel. The fruit that we produce shows which kingdom that we belong to. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It, it's kind of gotten, I'm not going to say misconstrued, but, like, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Stop. That's it. Fruit of the spirit is love, but the fruits of the spirit? No, doesn't say it. Doesn't say it in, in uh, the Christian Standard Bible, like I have. Doesn't say it in the King James, like like Tony likes to use. Doesn't say it in the Greek. It it, it says it says the fruit of the spirit is love. So we what happens is we we like lists, right? There's nine things right right here boom we like that and man we just want to be able to check those off as if like that's a check mark of are we doing good today but the fruit of the spirit is love it will manifest it will present itself in other ways the fruit of the spirit is love because what is the the most crucial thing i mean we talked about it maybe three weeks ago But to love your neighbor as yourself for the law is summed up in this. Jesus said, they asked Jesus, what's the greatest command? To love the Lord your God, to love your neighbor. Love is the crucialness. Like John 13, yeah, 13, 34, 35, it says, there's no greater love than this, right, to lay down your life for that because this is how they will know that you're my disciples. I'm going to mix up two passages. Sorry, Pastor Mike, if I did that. But that's the one that I was going for, honestly, is that they will know If you're my disciple, by the way, that you love one another. But we get this list, and and man, a a nine-week sermon series sounds great on the fruits of the Spirit. But how about a one-week sermon series? The fruit of the Spirit is love. It all comes down to love. Where where we wanna we wanna begin to talk about joy and peace and patience, kindness, and, and what happens is that pulls us away. Those are great things, those are those are character traits of God that, that's who he is but yet what happens is we we have love and then it's like joy peace patience kindness goodness and then we get off track because we're running down all these rabbit trails making sure that we've been joyful today kind today that we've had self-control today we've been gentle today when, when really if all we do is we just say man i'm gonna love so well today you cannot love and not be joyful now, you can take somebody a meal that needs a meal and, and call it love and not be joyful about it because that's not love. If you did it out of, out of uh, you know, obligation, that's all. But if you genuinely love somebody and you take them a meal, then there's no greater joy than sitting in your kitchen. Sitting, who makes a meal sitting down? Standing in your kitchen, making a meal, right? It's not like it's not a, a struggle, right? Like you can't be kind and not full of love. Because if you're not full of love, then you're not going to be kind. Uh, prime example: the other day I was driving to work and traffic got really bad. Not my fault. Sometimes it probably could be my fault, but not my fault. But like everything shut down, and and we, I get to this place where I turn to go on the access road. That's two two. Uh, it's two ways, right? Well, it was backed up so bad that people were trying to just. Uh, You know, get around the system. I'm 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 a rules guy when they're in my favor. When they're not in my favor, I don't like rules, right? That's probably most of us, but I admit it at least, right? So what happened is there's two eighteen wheelers that were like, hey, they didn't really say this. This is my thinking as I'm sitting there. I go to turn on the access road, and two eighteen wheelers have now pulled and and they're blocking. Right, the line of cars is a mile long here, and two eighteen wheelers were trying to get around the rules of the road, and I. And I pull, and so I'm like, you know, I'm going to block 114 here because there's two 18-wheelers there because I'm in the right. And Jeff Hopkins, your pastor, I told you, I'm just a guy, man. I'm not flawless. I'm flawed. I, and I sit there, and I, I go there, and I just put the truck in park because they they're not going anywhere, and I, I have made up my mind. I'm not going anywhere. Right, so I just like get out of the car. I'm on, I'm on 114, okay, guys. I get out of the car. I'm like, hey. Back up. And they're like, what? I'm like, hey, back up. And so this jerk made two 18 wheelers. It's six in the morning. It's dark. You can't. I made them back up half a mile. I mean, and there's still more cars trying to get off the interstate and back up and get into the right lane so that I could go to work. No love. You can't be kind and not have love. Don't don't get di- distracted on all the things. On, on man, today I just want to be patient with my kids, which is a good thing. But but honestly, the, the, the thing to do is like, man, Lord, I just want to love them well. And you know what? You'll find that you'll be the most patient person ever. If your focus is love, then then the, the other things that, that's in Galatians 5, verses 22, 23... Those will just follow you. You don't have to focus on, oh, man, today I'm really going to try to be faithful. Like, like uh, Brady shared, I'm like, I don't have to wake up and go, man, I'm going to be faithful to my wife today. I hope I am today. But if I wake up and I go, man, I want to love my lo- wife well. I want to love my wife as Christ loved the church. Then the thought of being unfaithful, the thought of looking at anything inappropriate, the thought of uh, creating any tension in the marriage is gone, if my focus is love, where where the the works of the flesh is about satisfying me and the the cravings and the desires of my flesh, where the the fruit of the Spirit is love, where it says, I'm going to take myself completely out of this equation and I'm just going to love. I'm going to love well. And here, look at the con- the contrast between these. I'm warning you, if you do those things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And in verse 24, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Right, like, like those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh, and that's the fruit of their lives. Living by the Spirit is a daily choice that requires constant surrender and dependence on him. You see, in order for the the fruit of the Spirit to come out of us, we have to constantly surrender and make a choice where the Holy Spirit is going to come out of us instead of our flesh. The Holy Spirit will empower us, he will guide us, and he will transform us. It's less about striving to, to be loved, striving to be patient, kind, gentle, good. And it's more about resting in the goodness that he has for us. It's more about going, I know there's nothing good in me. That's what Jesus said in John 15. He said, right, the vine and the branches talk there. And he says, apart from me, you can do no good thing. But yet we, we want to just take our little branch and go do our own thing. Disconnected from the vine and we 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 can't do anything good. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us, to transform us, and to guide us. The Holy Spirit is so misunderstood because I think a lot of times we focus on the the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? Like the you know the things that that he gives us, which which are absolutely true, but we we lose the fact that the Holy Spirit was given to us to stir in us a desire for holiness, for love, and for righteousness. And we can accomplish those things through others and through the church, through his gifts. But, but Jesus said, hey, it is better for me to go away from you. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be better for you. Why? Because Jesus knew that we were going to need him because the Holy Spirit is who stirs a desire for the Lord in us stirs a a desire for love and for holiness and righteousness in us. To belong to Christ. Like We're we're, we're wrapping this up, okay? Just so you're not impatient. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. To belong to Christ means I don't belong to the flesh. To belong to Christ means that the flesh does not possess me. To belong to Christ means that I no longer serve the flesh. It says that, that I have crucified my flesh and its, de- and its desire. I no longer live to please the flesh, but my life I live as Christ. And my goal is to please him. Where, where sometimes we focus on the other aspects of the Holy Spirit. We, we forget that we, we have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live and now he brings a newness of life in us to where we can live like him. To belong to Christ means that I don't satisfy the desires of the flesh, that the flesh does not own me, possess me, does not have control over me. We have to die to ourselves so that we can live. Like daily constantly sometimes it's many times a day where we have to die to our flesh so that the spirit can live in us that, that's the whole idea of like quenching the spirit it's like well what's quenching the spirit it's where we satisfy the desires of our flesh where we allow ourselves to live and the spirit begins to die out in us but we must die so that the spirit lives in us so that the desires of the flesh will not overrule us and overtake us If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. To walk in step with the Spirit means to walk in the conscious reality that I am a son and a daughter. To walk in step with the Spirit means that I'm always aware that I'm a son and a daughter, son or daughter. The, the, the scripture is Amos three three. How how can two men walk together? How can two people walk together without agreement? If we're going to walk in step with the Spirit, it means that we have to walk in unity with Him. Uh, every every year we uh, we didn't go this year, but but we we normally take a backpacking trip. I didn't go this year. Some people did go this year. Adam, jerk. Uh, <laughs> but, but when, when you when you start when you go on the backpacking trip to you you there's a trail that you have to follow and you go on day hikes and you do other things but but when you're walking on a trail with someone you walk and step with them to to where you know we, we take the kiddos and so you, you talk with your kids at first and you you know you have to say hey I want you guys to watch where I step if I step there then that means it's a safe place to step in, in the same way with the Father, to, to walk in step with Him means to walk with Him, and to trust Him. That goes to see His footstep and go, okay, if He's walked there, then it's a safe spot. All you have to do is walk in His footsteps. You, but you, but you have to watch where is He stepping. You, you you can't, and you know you get you get up there and you look at all the trees and you hear the waterfall. You start doing that, and then you start looking other places. You, you lose focus on the step in front of you. That's when you can mess up. The same thing is true when, when we lose step with him, when we, we get distracted by the things of the world, then we, we forget to watch where he's stepping, and we go out on our own because of distractions. We have to listen. If we're going to walk and step with him, it starts with me telling my kids, hey, I want you to watch where I step. That means it's a safe spot. If I get to a spot and I'm like, hey, I want you to be careful right here, okay? This 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 spot is wet, or this isn't a good spot, or hey, I want you to listen to me because this tree is about to slap you back and hit you. So you, you need to listen to my voice. And the last one is you, you gotta follow closely. So many times we, we want to do our own thing at our own pace. And, and you know, I, I'm I'm famous for a lot of people are are waiting for the door to be open. They're like, man, I'm just wait for, for the open door, and I'll, I'll walk through it. And, and, and what happens is they sit there, and they don't follow closely because they, they don't even notice that the door's already opened. And they just sit there, and they sit there, and they sit there, and they never do what they've been called to do because they're just waiting for the open door when it's already been opened. I'm the other, I'm the other kind. You know, it gets me in trouble a lot of times. I, I'm the guy that's running through the doors, and I'm going to run through the door till it's locked. Sometimes you hit the door that's locked, and you're like, okay, Lord, that's good. good point. I'll stop right here, and I'll sit for a minute. I'll wait till that door is open. But if we're going to walk in step with him, we have to watch after him. We have to listen for his voice, and we have to follow closely. When we do that, we will walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, and the power of the Holy Spirit is to live a life free from those things. Like I said today, my goal was to inspire something in you. If there's something, a habit, a way that you're given into the flesh, repent of it. Remove it from your life and walk in the fullness that God has for you. If there's an area that you're not walking faithfully in, in step with him. If you feel disconnected from the Father, then say, man, have I, have I been listening for your voice or have I been just following my own? Have I been watching Have I been following closely? If the Holy Spirit convicts you of that, remember, if you hear something, you're like, oh man, that's not good. No, the Holy Spirit will convict you and he will point you to a Savior. When he convicts you, you rejoice because that means forgiveness is coming, healing, and you'll be cleansed. I'm gonna pray and we'll get dismissed here in a minute. So Father, we thank you for your word that every word in this thing is true. Thank you that you've chosen just ordinary men to come and share the word. Father, may, may we walk out of here transformed, different than when we came in here today. Father, may we walk in the newness of life that you've given us. May we walk in freedom from all the desires of the flesh. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, if you remember, uh, maybe three, four weeks ago, uh, Bree, our children's pastor, she's back there, uh, it just kind of expressed a desire and the, the calling of the Lord to to step outside, to step away from being the children's pastor for this season, for, you know, for for the for forever. Uh, I don't know, I'm trying to like sugarcoat it, no, forever, she's done, All right, but uh and she said, hey, first of the year because of things are changing in her family and the dynamic is changing. And, I mean, I mean, when you come down to it, Bree really said, hey, I, wanna, I need to step away so that I can be the best mom and husband that I can be. Wife. <laughs> Why are you correcting me over there, Miss Kill? She says she needs to be the best wife. I'm always saying the husband. So, man, just a guy. Imperfect. But Bree said, I, I want to be the best wife the best mom that I can be, the best helpmate to her, her husband. And so what I mean as a pastor, could you ever be like, oh, that's just so selfish of you? No. So we we celebrated Brie and she will have she'll have made it a little after the two years that we've been here and so good to have her and uh, but with that comes new seasons and uh, I would like to ask the Cunninghams to come on up to the front, all, all the Cunninghams. And uh, minus Tessa, she's back there, but it's fine. Uh, the Cunninghams, It's you have Mandy in the front, which is the wife to Gary. I want to make sure we get this right. Gary is her husband. I mean, red-headed dude, good dude. And you got Miss Ann and Miss Rebecca uh, as their daughters. And so Tessa is, how old is she, five? Six. six. Tessa is six. She's over there. And so when uh, when Bree had talked about stepping aside, uh, Mandy came to my mind, and I was like, man, I'm not gonna do that, Lord. Like, she, she's our associate children's pastor at Brock, and they already don't like us because we're at, better at volleyball than them. And I was like, man, I, we can't smoke them at volleyball and take their associate children's pastor. And, uh, but we get both. And so, uh, I was just talking to Pastor Jesse over there, and he's like, have you considered Mandy? And I was like, Man, Tunnel, I don't think I can do that. He's like, dude, she's perfect. And I was like, okay, Lord, let me pray about that. And, you know, sometimes you're like, let me fast and pray. And then I was like, let me pray about that. Yes, Lord, okay. Like, because I had already considered her in my mind. And so then I I called Mandy that night and I was like, hey, I just need to know something. And Mandy's like, oh, man, I don't know. I just started over here like, what, two months before? I don't really know. I don't think so. We'll pray about it. And I was like, I was discouraged. I was like, okay, Lord, maybe I, whatever. And was it the next morning? Yeah, the next morning Mandy calls me. She's like, all right, we're in. I was like, what? Like, and she's like, same thing. Like, we prayed and the Lord says yes. And you're like, no, okay, let me pray again. Yes. Lord, do you want me? Yes. And what a beautiful thing it was to be able to see that because you have somebody, you have you're going to get to know them very well. Mandy and Gary are servants. They love the Lord. They're humble. They're dedicated. They're good at volleyball, which is a prerequisite. He's tall, you know, like that's it. But like, you guys are going to be blessed. And then they bring Anne and they bring Rebecca. They bring Tessa. They have another daughter, Jenna, who's out in Rockwall, who's graduated high school. They, a wonderful family. You are gonna be blessed. I, ta- I called Bree and I was like, Brie, don't be mad. And she's like, why would I be mad? She was so encouraged that her work of two years doesn't just fall off but that she knows that Mandy and Gary and the girls are going to take what she has started and take it to where the Lord is leading them. And so I just want to introduce you. They're still finishing up at Brock uh, for another month or so. Uh, I think they'll be over here kind of middle of December as they, they start the first of the year. But uh, I just want to introduce you to the Cunninghams. Phenomenal people. I could not be more happy with what the Lord has done. And the season where, where I love Bree and Trenton and their family when she told me that I was incredibly sad because I love you so well, I love your family and what y'all have meant to not just this church but to my family. But to be able to go, Lord, you, you're so good. You know what my heart needed, and he and I needed the Cunningham's to come on board, and they've yielded. Oh, you talk about the desires of the flesh and the spirit, where it's like, man, we want to be at Brock. We we were there. We love it there. We feel called there, but the spirit says yes. And you surrender to the calling that the Spirit has. So we're going to pray over them in December. Lay hands on them. But I want you, wanted to introduce you to them. You will be blessed because of them. And uh, let me get you a mic. Do you want to say anything? You should. <laughs> we'll let Ann start. I'm joking. I'm joking. Here you we
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I wasn't prepared to say anything. That's Jeff. So I've known Jeff... And his brother Shannon for 20 plus years, something. Yeah. So I've since seen him, him grow up and uh, just I'm so thrilled to be able to partner with him. I've gotten to know his heart over the last few years since we've moved back to Weatherford. And so I'm just so thrilled to see what God's going to do in the lives of uh, the families and the children here. Um, we have been part of Brock campus and doing the Wednesday night kids program there for the last three and a half years. And so When you guys changed and did your Wednesday family nights, part of our kids are over here already. And so we already felt like part of our heart was here with the children. So when Jeff called me, I'm like, you jerk. Like, I really (laughs) felt that way. And only because I know I'm 11. um, And I literally spent the whole day convincing myself that this wasn't the thing to do. But then I talked to my husband, and he's like, yeah, you know, we're comfortable. We're right where we want to be. And he's like, hold on a second. Did we ask the Holy Spirit? And I'm like, well, no, I just know what I want. And so he said, let's stop and ask. And so we did, and he said yes. And so while it's going to be a different season, I was reminded that when seasons change, sometimes the weather's bumpy, and sometimes it feels a little bit, you know, strange. But where God is moving, the path is going to be clear. That's right. So you'll get to know me. I cry when I talk about Jesus because he's good. And I believe that... He is using our children to pave that path, and it is a great honor of our family to be able to steward the children wherever we are. Um, I've been called to children's ministry since I was little. My parents were in child care work, and um, I was raised with them at at the Pythian home here in Weatherford, and so I've always been around children, and the Lord has put on my heart a deep desire to help them to know him, and so we're honored to partner with you guys. We look forward to all that's ahead. Uh, you'll get to know our f- family. We're fun. We're all girls, and we have a lot of fun. Um, and we will we will take volleyball seriously. Right. We're a volleyball family. That's right. So, um, anyway, come come get to know us. Ask us questions. You're you're welcome to our home. Um, we're just really excited. To, here, I'm gonna let husband say
0: something. I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to come and and be part of what's going on here. Just to get to know you, uh, to love your children. You know, we have. Prayed with or prayed over and prayed for most of the children that are in this church. Mandy and I sat and with the Lord. We took inventory over the children and our hearts just begin to melt, you know, that he already paved that path. And we didn't realize it until we, we counted it up. So we're just so thankful for the opportunity to come and, uh, and lead the children well and pray over them and, um, and let the Holy Spirit lead us. So mm. we love you guys. We thank you, and uh, we love you, Pastor Jeff. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Before the kids revolt in the classrooms, you might want to go get them. We love you guys. There's some announcements, but you all know them all. I'll send an email. Get out of here. <laughs> we got it.